When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Williams and Bloom Sunday Night Podcast here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. My name is Chris Williams. I will bring in my partner, Brent Bloom, here in just a minute. Iowa State has a lot of great engineering and technology programs. I'm sure a lot of you engineering majors are listening right now. Did you know, or graduates even, that there are jobs available right here in Iowa with leading edge technologies like virtual and augmented reality. If you're a student or professional looking for that new career in engineering, marketing, sales, and more, visit the careers page at mechdyne.com. Mechdyne, two years running, the presenting sponsor of the Williams and Bloom Sunday Night Podcast, formerly the Quarantine Podcast, here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. You didn't come here to listen to me. You need Bloom. In my shoes, my toes are busted. My kitchen says my bread is molded. I got a good job at the Sunday evening recording the podcast. Bloom's just a social butterfly walking around the tailgating lots these days. He's making up for like 20 years of... It's, it's honestly, it is glorious. Every time I pull up Twitter, it's just Bloom with just random my friends, people. My new friends. We knocked on your uh, camper at yeah, 7.30 in the morning. I was like naked. And you're like just naked. And you're like, just shower. let me shower. I'm like, well, the people want to see Chris Williams. I bet your Twitter feed during a game like yesterday is just out of control. Well, I can't tweet anymore, though. Yeah, that's no, the bummer. But what I'm saying yeah. is, your mentions in the oh, it was it was it was wild after Be- the fact. You've kind of branded yourself as that guy, and like oh, whenever I, I think of bad calls made, I get mad at you. Right, I'm, and that's not fair. I'm happy to take that blame. Because that was an abomination in that first half. And at times in the second half. I have some thoughts. Check out um, our Iowa Everywhere podcast. I thought Bruns did a really good job. Ben Bruns does a Cyclone Sunday podcast for us there. You can search Iowa Everywhere wherever you get your podcasts. And Bruns talked about the process of like getting officials and stuff. And I thought it was really <laughs> insightful. Like I didn't. I didn't know that everything that it, that had gone into that, but I'll be curious. I need to listen to that. Well, it's basically like how the you know people, and it's it's fun too because it's not like I was Iowa fans thought that they got jobbed in the Cyhawk game, right? And they're like, "Oh, these Big Twelve refs suck. Where do they come from?" And Bruns kind of went through like the process on like why Big Twelve officials they're just not as good, like in and why, like because well they're at the SEC and the Big Ten and and all that stuff. I thought it was really interesting. Interestingly, I was just thinking about that. The Big Ten has had unbelievable turnover in its officiating referees and thus the crews in the last ten years. Two why? two of the referees have gone in the NFL. 
So Scott Novak, who's now like the best referee in the Big 12, uh, I think went to the NFL in 2014. Brandon Cruz, who was the Big 12's best referee last year, got the call this summer. He's now in the NFL as an umpire. That's a promotion because that's a full-time job, right? Yeah. Uh, Mike DeFee, big Texas guy that did the Jeremiah George game at 13. Oh, yeah. You know, did a bunch of national championships. Yep. Largely thought of as a pretty good official, um, Texas bias notwithstanding. He retired. Cooper Castleberry also had the Texas accent. Largely thought of as a pretty good, like, low-maintenance official, just kind of let everything go. He retired. Uh, you had Reggie Smith, who did the picked-up flag games for yeah. Iowa State and K-State and several He's others. giving him the business guy? Uh, yes, he's now yeah. in the Big Ten. Yeah. So you have literally replaced yes. yeah. like six of your best guys that had worked in the conference for a while. And, and like any business, there's a talent difference. This guy that was the referee last year is our age. Okay, He's, really? he's thought of as an up-and-comer. But to me, that is a big part of, of, of the, the issue here in regards to some of the officiating things. In my opinion... It was a guy who was over-officiating, trying to show everybody, hey, look at me, I know the rules type of situation. And when you have these guys that have been around for 20, 25, and 30 years that have now moved on, there is going to be this vacuum of, of officiating. And, and certainly it's not the only reason Iowa State lost. We no, can all admit that. But the yeah. momentum changes in that first half were critical. The, the biggest thing for me is you have two young quarterbacks, and Shapin was given a lead. Mm-hmm. Our guy is down two scores. Your play caller calls the game differently, right? Like there's just you're, you start to press, hundred percent. Start to watch the clock. Every drive is more important than the net, right? Like in that's the biggest thing. And Iowa State was really bad in the third quarter. You know, yeah. there, there's two things can be true, yes. and I and yeah, like a lot of I, I saw a lot of people like, well, you got to make those stops on fourth down. No, you're, you're right, and that's true. But it shouldn't have ever come to that on on either one of those, and it's just it's it's really just frustrating. I think Baylor was from the game we saw; they were the better team yesterday. But again, like they made that, f- they made fewer mistakes, no doubt. They didn't make a mistake really. They they really didn't. They looked like the more mature football team, not in the and just older mm-hmm. is what I mean by that. They have more experience. But man, it's it's just really frustrating, especially when Freeler is knocked out. That's my biggest problem with it. Bloom, like, listen, targeting, like, I'm all about, we don't need headhunters in football, like, right? We we know more now. We need yep. to evolve as a sport. There's got to be discretion on ejecting guys. There's got to be that option to say, okay, well, it's still a 15-yard penalty, but he should not have been kicked out of the football game. For that hit. I agree. And then there's three different times where Baylor has it would look like helmet to helmet contact in them that game. There was two on Brock and one on Hutchinson. None of them got called. Is it possible? And nobody knows. Nobody yeah. knows the difference. Like I study the rule book. I don't I mean there is no difference. I, no, there's yeah, just no I just consistency don't know. in it. Is it possible? I mean, you've officiated I I really haven't. I guess I have at like middle school baseball level, but mm-hmm. that's as high as I ever got. My theory because I have all these people tweeting at me. Why isn't that targeting? Why isn't that targeting? And I understand. Like, you guys are right. Like, it's the same thing. The one on Jarrell Brock was much more malicious than... And it, and that, that kid from Baylor didn't do it on purpose. Like, he wasn't headhunting no. Jarrell. But no. that was more targeting, in my opinion, than the Freiler one. Doyle had one that was just like almost the exact same play as Freiler. Uh, so, is it possible? Like, because I'm trying to put my mind into these officials... I don't think that anybody on that crew looks at the Freeler thing and be like, he should be kicked out of the game. 
But that's the rule, and they have to go by it. They can't make it up on the fly. Is it possible that this guy realizes immediately that they botched that one pretty poorly, and then they go, we don't want to be the crew that kicks five guys out of a football Potentially, game? Potentially, yeah. I mean, yeah I mean, that that was, I'm trying to get in their head and be like, this isn't corrupt. I don't believe Dave Aranda paid these guys. No, I, I think there's a, there's a line between missing calls that unfortunately dictate the outcome of a game and being corrupt. I, I absolutely am not a believer that yeah. – that, that that line is is crossed, but no, I think they're they're humans. I think the subconscious probably goes, okay, well, you know, do we do we really want to be, you know, getting three or four guys out of here at a time, or you know, let's just let's just play on. the The issue is, I, the the targeting is one thing. It's the the thing that bothered me the most was those two penalties called on Iowa State defensively that changed the course of the game. Yeah, the Anthony like, Johnson the one. The Anthony Johnson one was... That was the worst call. ...was just a guy, I think it was the referee, again, to my earlier point, young guy trying to say, hey, it's a new rule, I know the rule, look at me, I'm going to throw this flag, trying to take control, and his angle probably wasn't good. He probably sees, you know, if you think about where the referee stands, right, he's behind the play. He sees the six six offensive lineman fall down awkwardly and get looked to him chopped by a, a, a defender who went below him. He can't see that the offensive lineman actually fell down and stumbled, and Anthony kind of ducked underneath him. He can't see that. So one, okay, throw the flag, fine. But then his side judge or the field judge has to come over and say, "Hey, Mike, that's the guy ever referee's name." No, you saw it the wrong way. He actually fell down on his own, and he was just going around him. Is that like so, frowned upon in the ref world to no, overrule your guy? No, or well, is it like, hey, well, hey, thanks for having my back. I missed that. Sort well, of and usually the referee is the, you know, he's like the judge. You know, a lot, a lot of times it's easier for the referee to overrule the, the side or the field judge. Yeah. But I think it comes down to, I would love to, if I'm bored enough, maybe I'll look at this week, the, the tenure of all those guys on the field. And then the other, I think it was the side judge, um, that threw the flag on Reader on the crosser that they called an unsportsmanlike. And again, it was, I'm guessing he wasn't looking at it. He sees this receiver go flying. But if you look at the replay, the receiver was starting to stumble. Reader kind of gave him a little bit of an elbow, but the guy just kind of just flailed his arm. I don't think he saw the play. And at that point, nobody else is looking because that's his territory. You're not supposed to be looking. Yeah, you're not supposed to be going over your Yeah, guy and back. so what, the, what is the referee supposed to do? Go, no, you saw that wrong? I mean, he didn't see it. So it was just a... It was an unfortunate circumstances all the way around that I think they just missed several critical calls and it changed the flow of the first half. That was critical. And then, I, like you said, Iowa State's offense in the second half, I think 0 for 4 on scoring drives to start. When they had opportunities to take the lead or at least tie the game and didn't, um, Baylor made them pay for it and, and that was the game. Yeah, Iowa State struggled um, to run the football consistently. Yeah, and, and it was it, weird. It was, I didn't feel like the line played poorly. I didn't either. It was just a lot of those they got into a lot of third and second or if, third and short and third and threes and they just couldn't make the short pass. If you would have asked me at the time, I, it was before the 37 yard run. Um, Iowa State was averaging 1.7 yards per carry and I would have guessed it would have been a lot higher. I would too. It didn't feel, it didn't feel that way. Yeah, That stagnant, but it was. There was a major discrepancy in total yardage at that point in the football game. And again, so Blake Shapin makes a ton of throws. He does. He was awesome. He was great. He, with Will McDonald in his face a couple of times, that was yep. the guy I was kind of expecting to see this year when I, you know, picked them to win the conference. Shame on me. And this is, it's just funny, like how bad some of us can be at our jobs. I mean, I'm, I'm all on Baylor. I got a ticket on Baylor. 
I vote them number one, all this stuff, right, to win the Big 12. Mm-hmm. They lose one double overtime game against a good team in Provo where they just miss a field goal, and then I it, bail on them, right? Like, by the way, in that game, Dylan Doyle got ejected for targeting. Really? Yeah. And he was really good Yeah, Saturday. Yeah. But you see my point. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I had a blind spot, and I apologize to our audience for that. Like, I... Baylor is a good team. Now, and this is where we can kind of turn the table, and we're going to get into the football from yesterday. But as is the case with every win and every loss, we all overreact. If Baylor, let's just assume on the premise that they're the best team in the Big 12, okay? Because Oklahoma goes down to Kansas State, which we'll get into. Um, We all feel like Iowa State, I don't know if we say they should have won the football game, but they very well could have, right? Like, yes. I, I think I, the teams were pretty similar. Yeah, and, and that's not a terrible sign for the rest of the season. It's not. No, I mean, I think, you know, again, you, you had the, the offense got to a bunch of third shorts and couldn't convert in that third quarter. Uh, Hunter throws a couple balls that he's going to make most of the time. I thought Shape and outplayed Deckers. He did. So, so you had a couple things. You had the officiating issues early that kind of threw off some momentum. And then at the quarterback battle, Shapin was better. That's not to say Hunter Deckers is not going to be very good because he had, again, a couple moments you're like, whoa. Like really whoa moments for Deckers. Yeah, absolutely. But he missed a couple. He missed yep. a couple throws. Those, and unfortunately, they the, were third and fourth down plays. Those third down dump offs that he missed. Yes. I think he was at that point 12 of 15. Two of the misses were those little dump offs, but they, would, they were huge. Huge. Huge points in that football game if Iowa State was going to even things out before half. Yep, exactly. And then it just once Baylor, so Iowa State has the ball twice down three in the third quarter. Couldn't get going on either series either because a couple missed throws. I think there was a penalty in one of them too. And then Shapin converts. The biggest play of the game to me, I think it's 20, it's late in the third quarter. It's third and 10. McDonald's all over Shapin. He rolls around, yeah, scrambles left, yep. plants his foot, and just fires a dime to a guy for a first down. They score five plays later, and then the game is, you know, it's, it's tough to overcome at that point. So. Uh, real quick, uh, shout out to our friends at Gravitate Coworking. Check them out at gravitatecoworking.com. Their Gravitate East Village is absolutely beautiful. I drove by there the other day. Downtown Des Moines, East Village, Midtown Windsor Heights, Cedar Falls, and Jefferson. Work better, work together, find your productivity happy place. Check them out at gravitatecoworking.com. I don't want to make this all about the officials, but a couple interesting nuggets related to the crew yesterday. Because I was, you know, I'd had a couple couple beverages, and so I'm looking up, like, have I, I haven't really seen these guys before, but they've done a couple Iowa State games. They did the Texas Tech-Iowa State game last year. Remember, which Where was a complete three-ring yeah, three circus. At one point, they ejected the Texas Tech student section. Oh, yeah. And they all moved over <laughs> to two sections. And it was just, it was one of those games where it's like, there was no control. Like, it felt like nobody knew it was going to happen. And I kind of got the similar instance in that first half. And to me, that tells me it's a, kind of an inexperienced crew. They also had, do you remember the, uh, the LSU... Uh, Florida State game down in New Orleans. I do. I watched that game front, front to back. And it was yeah. chaotic at the end. Remember, they, they spiked the ball or there was questions if the clock should have stopped. Same crew. Man. So I just think it, it, it's just a younger crew, and I think the game kind of either they were trying to put themselves into the game of we're not going to let it get out of control, and they actually over-officiated, and, and it led into this weird dynamic in the first half where nobody was really sure what was going to be called. Did you talk to your dad? 
What'd your dad have to say? I don't, I did not. Okay. I mean, I, I I can guess what he's going to say is that they missed those calls, but Iowa State missed some throws too. And no, it, you know, I was just it, like, yeah, he's And right. it can all be true. Yes, it's you 100% know. true. It and can I, all be true. The good thing is Campbell took the high road. He can take, and he should always take the high road publicly, in my opinion. Behind the scenes, they have their appeals. It's not really an appeals process, but there's a formal, every game Iowa State is able to send a list of basically grievances to the conference for review. The officials are graded based on every single game, so there will be a review process. I think, you know, the the, answer, the question is, well, these guys need to be held more accountable. And while I we've talked about this, Chris, maybe they should be able to answer in the media after the game, they at least are held accountable from a rating system after the fact. There is yeah. a Big 12 supervisor that looks at these things, and... Now, will that mean uh, anything? Who knows what the actual process looks like as far as discipline, but there, there is, in fact, a, an official process after each game. I, I used to be that guy. I don't know if these guys should have to sit there and get peppered with questions. At, because I don't think it would accomplish Well, anything. the problem is I'd like to say every sports writer knows all the rules <laughs> well, perfectly, but I don't. You know what I mean? Like I, I think that it could get – it's hard enough – like, we don't – I'm not going to get into a deal about the state of local journalism, but, like, these guys are already overworked and, like, at, been at, because of Twitter and everything. You're being asked to do so much more. Fans are already – whenever your team loses, yeah, like, hot. You get on you're our sensitive. feet, and, it, and then you yeah. get mad at the writers because they're not asking hard enough – they're not telling the coach to F off because they didn't call the right play. I just don't know if it's good for anybody. Uh, I, I tend like, to agree. Do we need what to, is going to be accomplished? Well, and my, my whole deal is, you know how fans can get, like, if we're putting these guys on camera now and, like, is some idiot going to try and find their house? Is, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, like, that's what happened to, remember Higgins and the Kentucky fans? Yeah, so I I've, I think I've stepped away from that. Now, I, would, I do think that there could potentially – there should be some accountability. So, like, maybe on Monday or Tuesday morning where the the conference head of officials makes a statement on, like, okay, we missed these. Like, I don't, I don't even yeah, know if it would do know. anything. I think with gambling makes it a lot more interesting. Like, didn't even the, think about that. Right? Yeah. Because like, then do the people saying, hey, well, if they said they missed this, so yeah, I want my, vo- my bet voided or I don't something. know. I, that's above my pay grade. Yeah. I, I just – I've started to have more of a cooler head on it the older I've gotten, like, I just don't know the point in putting John Higgins in a press conference after a basketball game. And generally everything evens out over, over the season where you got some bad breaks. You'll probably get some later in the year, but in the moment it's hard to to digest because it's like, man, that really had an impact on the game. All right. Pros and cons from yesterday. The con I think was, you know, the defense struggled pretty mightily. They they stopped the run really well early, which was kind of our our key to winning that football game. And shape the the problem was Shapen made enough really good tough plays to loosen that up. And then all of a sudden they're averaging eight yards per carry in the fourth quarter, which is disastrous. Right? I'm a little concerned about the speed at linebacker. They fair. It looked like Reader was out, and I haven't watched the game back yet, so this maybe not be fair. It looked like Reader was just. Not bad, but out of position just I enough, right? They didn't give and, up the big pipe. They're giving up 15-yard chunks. I thought he and Vance a couple times just got sucked in yeah. because they had some really good hard play action that it's that's yeah. impossible to defend sometimes. But. I will say this. I love Iowa State's corners. Oh, my they, gosh. I, I watched it before I came over. 
they were incredible. The, they, those are two future NFL players. TJ Tampa has been like first pick good. They tackle. They, and he's physical. And they're cover. just really yeah. good. I like the young secondary guys. Yeah, Verdon had a he's outstanding awesome. game yesterday. Too. The one thing too, they're not getting pressure with three. Right, and that's that's something where Iowa State's been able to do that in the yep. past. Will's getting double and triple teamed every play. They're not getting pressure with three, and that's something the professor's probably going to have to adjust, I would think, here in the next couple yeah, of weeks. A couple th- so Aderson did get there a couple of times. He did get a, a sack on that uh, the crossing penalty. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, but it was wiped out because of... But you're right, not enough. I think missing any a little bit because he could do so many things. And at times, on third down now, they've actually just backed Will off into coverage because you know they want extra attention played on him. It just basically takes another guy off the field if you're double-teaming him on third down. But it takes the best pass rusher in the conference out of the pass rush. So that's not ideal either. So that's a so, win for the offense net. Potentially, yeah. I mean, so I just... They got to... I don't know what that answer is. If it is, it's somebody else that needs to step. I think Anderson's been been very good at yes, times. Yeah, yes. But uh, haven't been able to get enough there. And Shapen, when they did get pressure on him, he made the he made the plays. Other quarterbacks may not, and then it's a different game. But no, I'd say that's a concern. I thought the run defense was was fine. They were just so Baylor was so good on the hard hard play. I mean, action. Don't you think that a lot of the defensive struggles in the Late in that game were because of the scenario too. Yes, though. Like I, you get 100%. put in that spot, you start to take more risks. Uh, and they look at look at their big plays. They picked on Mason Chambers. Yep, and that's that's both Freeler's spot. Freeler's spot. Now Mason Chambers is, is a nice player. He's not both. He's Freeler. not Bo Freeler. Yeah. We, we haven't seen Bo really do anything yet. He in, in camp, he was the best defensive player on the field sometimes. But he he you know it was the first game is the first game. He gets hurt in the Iowa game. And he didn't play in the in the Ohio game. And then the second play from scrimmage, he gets ejected. It's like you haven't seen him yet, but his upside is phenomenal. And you take a, your second best player on the defense out of the game on in a sec- secondary position that's somewhat inexperienced. Yeah, it, it had an impact. And you could you'd look at four or five of their big pass plays downfield. It usually was over the top in the middle of the defense. All right, uh, coming up, the Big 12 segment, which is always presented by our friends at Wiffles Hybrid. want to give a thank you and a shout-out to our friend Tom Killiper and the Killiper Corporation. Go to their website, killipercorp.com. It's a really interesting company. It is located in Ames. And th- think about like all of like shipping and just packaging (laughs) if you have goods if you have a uh, retail store if you have an e-commerce store and you are in you need packaging to ship that those goods in that's what killiper corporation does they're in the flexible packaging business and uh, really good people in Ames. i'd like you to go to killipercorp.com if you Buy poly bags, pouches, anything like that. Stretch sleeves, and you use it for shipping or um, branding of your company. And I, I would just like you to call and uh, support the people who support us. Killipercorp.com. Shout out to our friends at Wiffles Hybrid for presenting the second segment in the year of Williams and Bloom as we're going to get into the Big 12. I had um, my, my guy, Ethan, swung by and gave me a Wiffles Hybrid hat. 
Nice. At the tailgate. Yeah, yeah. On, we met Ethan in uh, yep. in Omaha. He works for Wiffles Hybrid. Yep. Um, he loves hearing Wiffles here on the podcast, which was great. Thanks to you, Ethan. And then, man, they sent us a, a grab bag. So we are going to be decked out in Wiffles Hybrid gear. This Thank is, you very much, Trista. Trista and, and I mean, so here, here's the great thing, and that this just shows the service of being a locally family-owned company. We we said, hey, we want some hats. Yeah. On Sunday, on Wednesday, we have a box full of all the Wiffles gear you could need, and oh. it is incredible. I'm wearing my Wiffles hat right now. You do. It looks great. I mean, it's an incredible you, looking hat. You look like a farmer. I I pretty much fit fit the bill now. But no, it's I mean, literally. Plant independence with Wiffles because that's what they do. And fiercely good people, independent. fiercely independent, and and so a cyclone fanatic. No doubt that we have a lot of a lot in common with the two those two companies. So it's great. They, to have gave, them they on sent board. me some Wiffles socks. What? How? How good is Kansas? They they beat Duke. I don't they're, know. They're four to, Can I just like? I don't know. I I don't know. Here's my gut reaction for next week, and this will probably drive a lot of Iowa State fans crazy. I think Iowa State's got a really good opportunity here. Kansas is being told how great they are by everybody. Iowa State is beaten down now, probably pretty mad. Campbell's got everybody focused. Mm-hmm. Pretty healthy football team. This is a good spot. Now, that's a gambling term, but in general, I actually really like Iowa State this weekend. I think knowing how fans work, they're probably very down Again, we overreact. When things get good, we we overreact. When things are bad, we overreact. That's what we do by nature. I just generally like this spot for Iowa State. Having said that, I have not watched Kansas close enough yet to matchup-wise be able to dictate much. Clearly a really good offense, right? They've been in the top five all year in scoring offense, total yeah. offense. And they're running the, the ball. They run the ball really well. But... Again, just spot-wise, Iowa State is still a favorite in this football game. I knew that they would be. Vegas and power ratings don't overreact to one week. We've talked about that here on the show before. I don't know. What do you feel about this game? I, I it's tend, tough. It don't is. get me wrong. I'm not overlooking Kansas. Right. I mean, if you uh, uh, four weeks ago, you feel way different about this game than no you doubt. do now. I mean, there's no question. It's almost a coin flip. It is really. a coin flip. What's yeah. the sp- spread? It's three? It four. opened it... Um, Circa had it open at two. It's it's basically around like three, three and a half. So I mean, you're, yeah, you're right there. Uh, uh, what I think though, the the Baylor example is a great one. You saw Baylor in the loss to BYU have a bunch of penalties, a bunch of dumb mistakes, and then two games later against Iowa State, virtually none. I mean, Baylor played a really clean game. Oftentimes, the best motivator going forward and, and sharpening things up is is failure. And Iowa State finally experienced some failure. And let's see how Iowa State grows. In the past, September's actually been good for Iowa State in October because they've struggled so much in September that October's been generally good over the last five years. And this is a great learning moment. I agree with you on on that end. I think Iowa State's still pretty healthy. This isn't an injury situation. Uh, Freeler will be available. He's not going to be suspended for the first half. That'll help. The Iowa State corners have been excellent. I think the safeties have been fine. The question in this game, again, is, gonna, is the Kansas offense for real against a defense that can stop the run. And it comes down to that. Chris, they're averaging 250 yards per game on the ground, which is insane. But that's what Leipold and Buffalo did. He's using the same system. And I give him credit because if you can run the ball in college football, it doesn't matter what anything else looks like. You're going to be successful. And they're running the ball right now. So can I say stop the run? And Daniels, the quarterback, has been good enough when you start sending people up front. 
he's been able to beat him over the top or with his legs to keep plays alive. So they are a complete wild card. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think it should be a coin flip of a game. I still think though it's a good spot for Iowa State, and I think one through eighty-five, Iowa State is still better. But if Iowa State makes some mistakes and can't stop the run, it's going to uh, it could be a long afternoon. Kansas State goes on the road and beats Oklahoma. Not only beats them convincingly, beats Oklahoma. I, this league, it uh, would you say right now would if you did a power rating would Baylor be one? Yeah. Okay. So we agree there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they won it last year and they're undefeated. I was hanging out with some really smart football guys after the game yesterday, and we were discussing this while we were watching Texas and um, who were they playing? Texas Tech. Tech. Shout out to Josh Rink and Jack Woodford, the former Cyclones. Yeah, talking with them. Who's the worst team in the Big 12? Like, you see where I'm going with this? Like, what? Mm -hmm. No, it, it was probably West Virginia is what you would say. I don't know. Maybe, but they, like, what's the difference between, it, let's say Baylor's one and Kansas is two, or Oklahoma State is two. How big of a difference is there between either of those teams and West Virginia? Or And then somebody throws out, well, where's Iowa State? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I have right. no idea. Interestingly, I've got the uh, the new odds pulled up okay. on DraftKings. Do you want to do you want to play the game? Let's let's say who they have number one. I've got it right here. Um, they just, Baylor. Just, uh, oh, no odds to win the big the Big Twelve championship game winner is what it says. Baylor got a big push by winning the names because that was probably a game. Well, clearly the power ratings were even on that. One. Yep, but that's a plus two almost because one you yeah. win on the road, but you beat another potential. Is Oklahoma still a favorite? No, Baylor's Baylor right now, now at plus three twenty. So I got them at six seventy five. So they're now half that. Yep. So I'll, let's okay. So Baylor's one. Let them, this is a, this is fascinating actually because it is two exactly to your point. Baylor's one. Oklahoma. Oklahoma is tied for second with Texas. Texas is fifth at plus eight hundred. Okay. So Kansas State. Yep. Kansas State's four to one with Oklahoma at four to one. Um, so who's fourth? You're forgetting one team that's still in the top 15. Oh, Oklahoma State. Yep. So they're four, they're plus 425. So Texas is five. Yep. Texas is five. And then it gets really interesting. To I me. mean, Iowa State or TCU? I TCU is six. Yeah, I at figure. plus 10 or 10 to one. So Iowa State has dropped that far. Iowa State is ninth best odds to win the conference now. Wow. Right? And is Kansas last? Uh, t- West Virginia's last. Kansas is above Iowa State. Kansas now. is plus eight is eighteen to one. Tech is eighteen to one. Iowa State's now forty to one to win the Big Twelve. That might be worth a little scratch. Uh, well, I mean, I would say that then West I mean, Virginia I, is fifty to one. But that's just when you lose at home. You know, West Virginia loses at home to, and and Iowa State still there. There aren't a lot of believers to understand what this program's like. I actually like the value there, but that's that game mattered a lot. You go from if you win that game, you're right there with Oklahoma State. And uh, Oklahoma probably four, five, six to one. Because you lose it, you're now forty to one to win the Big Twelve. Like you got to make it up somewhere now. But I think it's going to be one of those leagues every week. That thing will shift. But you have to win Saturday. Like if you want to get to Dallas, you now have to win on Saturday. It's that simple. Kansas State's pretty wild. The losing to Tulane. Oh right, great and, example though. And I. <laughs> But it was the same team. They didn't do anything drastically different. And that was the Oklahoma I kind of thought we would see this year, but they've looked so good. And 
Again, I, I was on with Miller and Condon on Cakes and O this week, and we were talking about this from a just a gambling standpoint. Mm-hmm. All of us, this is my theory at least, we all get way too confident in any of our yes. opinions on any of these teams after the non and, and Or even after one single game. Yeah, well, but especially when you get into conference play, because in general... These coaches know the personnel of the teams Great that they're point. playing so well. Great point. So it kind of takes any sort of that edge. And I just wonder. So I thought going into this game, I completely talked myself out of my take on Oklahoma. You did? You know, and and kudos to you. You nailed it. But, like, they had been so much more complete defensively that I didn't think Kansas State could do that to them. And credit to... Kansas State, where they they looked like a different team, and they bounced back from that Tulane game. And yeah, I mean, they're as good up front on both sides as it's them and Baylor is maybe Texas. I defensive line with Texas, I think, is pretty good. I would question their offensive line a little bit more than that. Sure, but I I don't know, man. Like it's, I, I'm, I'm it's, I don't I, even know how to analyze the league right. I would say it's, now. it's ninth so right hard. Now. Yeah, that, that's cr- that's crazy. But it's so even, Chris, that it really comes down to mistakes and emotions. K-State was so wound up for that game, and they took it to Oklahoma right away. And back to the whole momentum thing with the first half of the Iowa State-Baylor game. Yeah. If, if that first half is different, Iowa State gets off the field right away, goes down and scores. It's 7 to nothing. You get another stop. Now it's 14 to nothing. Like what K-State did, did to Oklahoma, the whole thing could be different. Now, Baylor got comfortable. The quarterback got comfortable. The home crowd was largely taken out of it, and the game's different. Same thing in, in Norman. If, if, if Oklahoma gets up 14 to nothing the other way, that game's 35 to 10 OU. I mean, it's just the emotions. You're still dealing with 18 to 22-year-olds, yeah. and they, K-State got enough confidence early. They were physical. They hit OU in the mouth and said, we're here, and OU was late to respond, and ultimately it was enough, and Martinez didn't screw up. Texas... Kind of blew on it. The Texas Tech, that game it, it, looked yeah. over at one point. Tech sticks with it. Uh, McGuire's got that ship rolling. They're playing good. hard. They're playing really yep. hard for him. Yeah. Well, I would love to have been at a party in <laughs> Lubbock. You knew that Bro. that was just going to be nuts. The Gaucho Bros probably had a good oh, time. Yeah, last shout night. out to the Gauchos. Yeah. Way to go, Bros. Good, good job for you guys. Really appreciate them. TCU looks good, not great against SMU. Yeah, they, they take fine. care of business. Yep, that's a tough place to go win, especially with their history, and they did it. Uh, yeah, the Sunny Cumbie Bowl, uh, West Virginia, Sunny Dykes, Sunny Cumbie is on the Texas Tech staff. We got a lot he of was. Sunny. Is he still there? Yeah, he's still he's there. Still there yeah. He got held over. He's the guy who beat Iowa State last. Yeah, year. with the officials from yeah. Saturday's game that yeah. had the goat rodeo. Sunny Dykes there. Bowl. Excuse me, got my Texas Sunnies mixed up. The, what would I call the the Cluster F crew? Sorry. Um. Oklahoma State's off. West Virginia goes on the road and looked okay against. Yeah, Bob, yeah. Nice win. Bob nice Tech's win not for the very good, no, but that's a good nice win. win. So yeah, what a what a weird league. I, it's kind of confirming what we all kind of thought going into the year. It's probably a little worse than I thought, though. If you would have told me on September, what is today? September twenty fifth, twenty sixth, when you're listening to this. That Kansas would be eighteen to one to win the Big Twelve, and I would say it would be forty to one after Week One. I would have said you're crazy, but that's how quickly it can change. And well, it's guess what? If Iowa State wins on Saturday, Kansas quickly goes to last in the conference again. So it can There's, flip fast. We're gonna have a stressful year of overreaction. Yeah, every week. Yeah, yeah. Buckle up. 
Because five and four in this league could be pretty good. Matchups are going to be yeah, very indicative. Absolutely. And who's hurt? Who gets ejected for target in the first quarter? Yeah. All things matter. What a time to be alive. It's going to be actually, you know, if you just remove... It will be a fun year. Yeah, if you can remove your emotions, which is impossible to do, really, but just from a pure entertainment standpoint, it is thrilling that Oklahoma is not going to beat people 70-10 to 10 this year. Like, your every game is going to be interesting and worth watching, which makes it a, a hell of a year. Hey, I, I got a, I have some bratwurst for you. You got some, I'll, I'll I got bratwurst. Some, I got some sausages. Give me some, some sausage. Some, some cheddar worse. Yeah. Um, shout out to, I made some of the best pork ribs. What'd you have on the old, uh, the grill situation over the, over the, I, over I the tailgate? I didn't do much because I, I mean, I don't really tailgate. Yeah. Right? Cause like, you gotta I, go work. Fair but enough. But everybody else tailgates. And then after the games, I like to go back to my camper and work. And then I'm just there and watch the games outside. Steve Kemp came over. I was up me and Steve Kemp and, and Elise. <laughs> My three-year-old. Yeah. What a crew. Awesome. Uh, we were up watching the um, late games last night outside. It was awesome. a beautiful night. Yeah, we really a, was. Lot of, a, lot of, a lot of fun uh, with good friends. Shout out to uh, a fanatic that I met. He was there for his 40th birthday party. He rented an RV. His name is Mike. Happy birthday to Mike. Happy birthday, Mike. Met him over the weekend. A lot of really good people. Oh, no, but I did. Yeah, I, you you asked some, what I grilled. Ribs, I yeah. grilled... Farm Story Meats uh, Cheddar Wars is what I had last night for dinner. Go to farmstorymeats.com. Click on the meat shop. They do bundles and subscriptions is what I think is really cool. It goes straight from the farm to you. And it's kind of like, think of like, everybody's doing subscriptions and everything, yeah. like clothing. Yeah. Subs- yeah. This is your meat subscription, and you're supporting a great young guy named Ray. Shout out to Ray. He's getting married here coming up, and uh, he does really good work at farmstorymeats.com. Well, it's that time. We got we had a complaint about this. What? Whoa, 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 whoa. We, we got, got a, a complaint. complaint on the internet. Got a message from somebody that said, guys, love the podcast. I think Yakety Sax has run its course. Did this person put their name on it? Um, I could find it. it was, this was like on Wednesday, so I'd have to do. I got a lot of replies, C Dub, in the last twenty-four hours. People not too happy with the Acuity Sacks or with this no, guy. With, well, no, with uh, with the whole officiating oh, nonsense. Yeah. So yeah, I, I yeah. have to dig deep. But essentially, he wants us to abstain from sacks. I'm not comfortable dipping. So we're going to need to take a poll. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Tweet at us. Tweet you, at us. Do you want yes, us? Yeah, or nay. Do you want us to abstain from yakety sacks going forward? Do or are you, are you for the sacks? Do you want you, more sacks? Are you pro or anti sacks? Yeah. Let us know. We're here to serve the people at the end of the day. Well, guess the point spreads with Brent Bloom. <laughs> and it's sponsored. Sponsored by Webwise. Maybe we should ask Webwise, really, what do they want for their song? I think they probably like the sex. Shout out to Kevin and Adam. Trywebwise.com. I've used them. Uh, they host Always Race Day. Built a website. They do all, anything you need Webwise. They're, they're Webwise, get it? Anything you need Webwise, they can do. Really good with WordPress. Good guys. Huge cyclone fair. All right. Um, I have not looked at anything. I saw the Iowa State. Utah line. State at BYU on Thursday. Jeez. BYU 19. 24. My, my green wave. 
Who we got? Or at Houston on Friday. Oh, that's a that's, great. Game. That's a that's a sexy game. We they're, might. they're at Houston. Yep. Ooh. Houston six. Two and a half. You're not. What are you? What are you doing? Don't disrespect Willie I, Fritz. Well, I apparently I am. Best uniforms in all of sports. Did the wave? Did the wave win last week or this week? I don't even know. Uh, I don't think they played. Don't play. Okay. Took the week off. Good. After that, they celebrating that win yeah. over Kansas State. Yes, they should. Iowa State has to play the wave in a couple years. I mean, this, this could be a. This is a rematch of the Big Twelve Championship game from last year. Oklahoma State at Baylor. Wow. Wow. What time? Oh, man. that's Hold on. I'm going to get the times up. Yeah, you always do this. No, I do, because I need to plan my day. I'm help, helping well, you're people. Well, you're not going anywhere now. Right, but I, you know, I got You're this, just going to be around. I got the two TVs set up in the basement. I need to figure out what goes on one, what goes on two. I can bring the third in if we need to with our friends from NFM. Uh, at Baylor. That's 2.30 on Fox. Oh, it's Same as ours. That's stupid. Baylor by... Three. I'll give it to you. One. Ooh. So they're giving the. They think Oklahoma State's better. Interesting. Uh, a couple of books have it at two. Okay. That's. That's. I'll take it. I like that game. Texas Tech at Kansas State. Oh man. K State. Nine. Pretty good. Eight. Yep. Yep. Iowa State at Kansas. We already covered this, but it's at, the line keeps moving. I'll just tell you, it's at three now. The consensus is at three. What's the over/under on this bad boy? Fifty-five and a half. Woo! I like the under. For reference, um, Rutgers at Ohio State. This is a good line. Oh gosh! Did you see Rutgers tried to lay a guy in the end zone wearing all reds yesterday? Did you miss that? No. Down the, they, they they wore all reds yesterday, trying to catch Iowa off guard. They they put a uh, their receiving guy on the opening kickoff in the end zone, laying in an all red end zone. Iowa just kicked the ball the out out of the end zone. Good man. She on it. Way to go, Greg. It's 40, uh, 41. Is yeah, that yeah. Okay, I don't even. Yeah. Oklahoma at TCU. Oh my goodness. Oklahoma minus four and a half. Five. Dialed it. West Virginia at Texas. Texas, 12. 10. Jeez, man, this this league. This league. What time's that game? I'll give you the time here right, in a minute. Done. Right. Cincinnati at Tulsa. I have no idea on Tulsa this year. No clue. 11 and a half. Okay. Yeah, I'm just going to say 10. I think that's it. I'll give you your schedule here. Yes, please. The day gets started with Oklahoma at TCU, 11 o'clock, nice. ABC. Nice. Also have uh, Texas Tech at Kansas State, same time. Perfect. Big 12 plus, or ESPN plus. Iowa State, Kansas, Oklahoma State, Baylor both at 2.30. West Virginia at Texas on FS1. That is your nightcap at 6.30. What's the premier game? Of the week? Yeah. It's Oklahoma State at Baylor. That's no, I'm saying like just nationally. We got any, any big dogs nationally? <sighs> yeah, give me a minute. I can pull that up for you. Feels like... Uh, it's October. October football. Doesn't it feel like the Big 12 
I mean, we're kind of used to it getting overlooked, but these are like some really good games. It just doesn't yeah, feel like there's every game though. Yeah, it's fun. Like this is this will be a blast. Uh, okay, your your schedule. Michigan at Iowa is the Fox game. That's like the oh, big okay. noon. Uh, Kentucky at Ole Miss, seven at fourteen. Right there, it's yeah, pretty good. Those are two two teams in the top. I just 15. am not into these like mid level SEC yeah, teams. Like either. I just I can't I can't get excited about Kentucky football. I just can't. Alabama at Arkansas is pretty good. It's not bad. What's that Lowest spread? ticket right now, 159 bucks to get into that Yeesh. one. Uh, Wake Forest at Florida State. That's a good game. I like that game. I really enjoyed uh, Clemson Wake. That was a yeah, fun game. Yeah, Wake kind of blew that one. NC State at Clemson. That's your massive yeah, game. That's two top 10 teams. Two somehow. top 10 teams, 630 ABC. And I, I don't like to say this because we have a budding rivalry with the Pac-12, but they've been more entertaining this year. That league has been. Yeah, it's been fine. I mean, I don't think USC belongs in the top 10, but they haven't lost yet. I don't, and they really won't play. They should have lost. When do they night. play Oregon? Or Oregon State's just kicking themselves after that. Yeah, one. I mean, jeez. Yeah, they, that good point. I, I missed most of that. <sighs> the Cody Road got to me late in the evening. But uh, I was really, really, really hoping that Oklahoma, Texas, and Lincoln Riley would all lose on the same day. So USC has to go to Utah on the 15th. How does USC not play Oregon this year? How dumb is that? It's just bad schedule. Like, honestly, so they, they have to go and they play Notre Dame at home. USC's a legit playoff contender if they beat Utah on the road. That's a problem. Hey, what real quick, what did you think of the uh the gyro brock fumble recovery thing? Yeah, so man, I was pissed right away because I saw the guy he lost the ball and then Jirel like immediately put his you know, did the Cobra Do you think they got the call right? I think they did. I think they did. I, I also think I think there was some common sense officiating of well we've hosed these guys all day, so we're gonna give them a break. Because it's a two-score game and it really won't matter. I think that was part of it. But I think they did get it right. I mean, I think his knee was down in the end zone. I am surprised they overturned it, though. I was actually legitimately surprised. Yeah, I would agree with you. I thought that... It was pretty close. I thought for sure that thing wouldn't be overturned. And then I'll give credit to Stansberry up in the press box. He was the first one to point out. No, I think he caught it like a... Yeah, like literally like a yeah. bouncing. He caught yeah, it. It was like he was he catching his, the ball. Like and if, if you thought about it that way and you watch him kind of like drag his knees, like, yeah, that's a catch. I do, I will, I do want, because somebody asked me this. So I, I, for the first time ever, I left at halftime to go oh, get a beverage. That's actually a nice perk. Going to be honest. Like if, if we're not going to do, I'm just for, the, I'm just for everybody yeah. here. If we're not going to do the alcohol sales in the stadium, which, you know, you, whatever your opinion is on that, the option to be able to go out for 10 minutes and go back in is a nice little perk. So I know I'd, I may have ridiculed the people for leaving in the past, but I understand it. I want to speak for the people now, and I think it's an okay deal. I won't give the teams, but I, I sat with a couple of NFL scouts in the press box yesterday. Look at you. And it was a blast because you know how I geek out on yeah. that stuff. And these guys couldn't have been cooler. Did they reference specific players they're looking at? Well, I mean, yeah, if I had asked him, I'd be like, hey, what do you think of this guy? And they, and they would give me, like, their 30-second synopsis. It was really – one of the guys was a Packers scout, and I was talking to him about Lazard. And, cool. And he – it was fun. And then one of the scouts from the other teams was a Kansas grad, 
So he kept asking me for the Kansas score. (laughs) It was pretty fun. It was Uh, a good time. So Jalen Knoll, kudos to him, by the way. That's what Iowa State needed. I thought him, positives we haven't mentioned yet, him and Stanley both played very well. Yeah, and that's that's big for Iowa State going forward. Don't, that was the Noel I expected Does all year. It, isn't Noel just going to have a game where he has two or three touchdowns? He, it's coming. I mean, he yeah. was real. What did he have? Seven for one hundred and thirty yesterday. Yeah, that one catch, Decker's throw. It was the fourth quarter. Some people had left by then, but Decker's threw the perfect ball over the top of coverage in between three defenders, and Jalen then made somebody miss the fifty yard play. It was super impressive. So, I'm uh, I'm on the Jalen Jalen Noel breakout train here soon because. X is going to continue to get all sorts of attention. Yeah, no, I would agree. Just uh, I'm still excited for this year. Like I, I you should know, be. The conference is such a such a mess in a good way. You know, you're going to lose some games, and Iowa State was made more mistakes and lost the game. It was unfortunate the way it went down, but the great thing is now you can ruin Kansas's perfect season on Saturday. Well, the be, other thing great. too is pretty much all of us would have taken three and one. Fair start. Yeah. You can get into a whole deal like, would you rather beat Baylor or Iowa? That's a fascinating conversation. Yeah. But you win, you win the next two. You beat yeah, Kansas, I, and then you beat K State at home. Yeah, that, you're in those, good shape. Those odds flip, and now you're back to the next two weeks are huge. huge. I mean, uh, yeah, it's going to dictate. Season. This is the season. These next two weeks. This is going to dictate if you're a six and six type team or correct. Nine and three. Yeah, like this is it. These two. Roll it out. See, what, it, see what happens. Yeah. I've seen better days. I'm gonna start a minute, please. I've seen better days.